one more time. Welcome to the True North Church podcast, where we gather to explore faith, find inspiration, and strengthen our spiritual connection. At True North, we exist to help people navigate through the oceans of life in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Each week, we'll dive into meaningful discussions, share uplifting stories, and delve into the teachings that guide our lives. Whether you're a longtime member or a first-time listener, we're grateful to have you join us on this journey. So, let's embark on this episode of Faith, Community, and Discovery together. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Come on, just in your seat, just begin to pour your love on them. Jesus, we love you. Lord, I worship you, Jesus. I glorify you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, you're so worthy. Jesus, you're so worthy. You're so worthy, Jesus. You're so worthy, Jesus. Lord, you're so worthy, Jesus. You're so worthy, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you're more than worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's good, ain't he, church? Hallelujah. Look at somebody near you and say, God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We'll do. We'll take up the offering at the end. It's a new day, amen? amen. A new day with new mercies, new grace, amen? amen. New opportunities. Well, Lindsay, I woke up in the same. Da, 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 I woke up in all that. Yeah, but still, God is faithful that we still have a roof over our heads. Amen. God is faithful that we still have gas in the car, food in the fridge. I mean, we can keep on going down the shoes on the feet. Running shoes, for those that know what I'm talking about, them running shoes, amen. Hallelujah. God's good, amen. amen. If you have a Bible, uh, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. If not, it's all good. We'll put it on the screen. You know, last week we had said that we were building something different, and the Lord had told me, and I shared it last week, and just remind you today, but this, this season for us, it's planting season, Amen. It's planting season. Somebody say it's planting season. Doesn't mean you got to go outside and physically go out and start planting some things. But no, when, when the Lord shared that with me, literally for this, for this house, now we sang it last week how this house is a house of miracles. But for this house, this is planting season. This is the season you're going to get to see God plant some things within you. But also God is going to be using us to plant some things in this community. Amen plant some things in the lives of your co-workers, plant some things in the lives of the people we see at Walmart, or uh, plant some things in the family members that we, you know, haven't talked to maybe in a while, or maybe the, the family members that we have talked to just the other day. This is planting season, amen? amen? And I fully believe that the Holy Spirit is going to do wonders, amen? amen. Hallelujah.
In Colossians chapter 1, Paul says this in verse 7. He says, our beloved co-worker, he was there from the beginning to thoroughly teach you the astonishing revelation of the gospel. And he serves you faithfully as Christ's representative. He's informed us of the many wonderful ways love is being demonstrated through your lives by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Since we first heard about you, we kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives, making your reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. And then verse 10. We pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing you do. Then you'll become fruit-bearing branches yielding to his life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. Hey, let's pray real quick. Lord, thank you so much for today. Lord, I thank you for what you're sowing in us and what you're doing through us, Jesus. We surrender right now. We yield to you right now. Remove every obstacle mentally, mentally right now, Father God. Every emotional obstacle, every emotional hindrance, Lord. Every emotional burden right now. Every mental burden, God. Every burden, Lord, that we walked in here with. I thank you, Lord, that you are, you are absolving us of it right now. Every individual in this room, you're absolving them of their burdens, Lord. You are doing a trade, Lord, right now. You're taking their burdens of heaviness and giving them yokes that are easy and light, God. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, say amen. 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 will you go and just fade that out if you don't mind? So I love this in verse 10. Paul says that we pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness. So Paul is talking to the church in Colossae. But not only is he talking to the church, because this is written down, it's for us. Amen. Somebody say, it's for me. If it's written in the book, it's for you. Amen. I love this because in verse 10, he said, we pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing you do. Then you'll become fruit bearing branches, yielding to his life and maturing. Somebody say maturing. So I love that because what Paul says, he says that the church in Colossae, but not only that church, this church as well, every believer, if you've made the decision to place your trust and hope and confidence in Jesus, then verse 10, this should be, this should be our life. Watch us walking in ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing that you do. And as you do those, as we do those things, then we'll become fruit-bearing branches who yield to Jesus' life, and we mature. That's when maturing happens. Maturing, I love the fact that he says that you will become mature. He, he didn't say that you will become mature. He says, and maturing, maturing, I-N-G. So that means that it is an ongoing thing. To mature, there, there, there's, no, there's no final, like, you. all right, I made it to the level of maturity. No, if you are walking with Jesus, maturing is an ongoing thing, amen? amen. You know, we would, uh, we would think it was, we, you know, uh, you know uh, nobody loves to, whenever you go to the produce aisle, nobody loves to get the fruit or the vegetables that's already out of date. 
that's already got the flies on it, that's already got the, the juices leaking out. When you see that a lot of times uh, when, uh, whenever we do burgers, we call them daddy burgers at the house. And I, I'm, a, I'm just, a, I'm just a, you know, the meat in the bun and ketchup and I'm good. You know, if I feel a little fancy, I might put some bacon. If I feel a little fancy, I might, you know, dice up some onions. But me, it's just the meat and the bun. But Kelsey, she loves the tomato and the onion. And I know some people, they love that with the lettuce and all the trimmings. Me, I don't need that. So whenever we, whenever we do burgers, she'll be like, make sure you get the tomato and onion. And I always get nervous because I, you know, I don't have a natural desire for tomatoes. So therefore, what I, what I think may be okay wouldn't be okay. But she's, she's trained me. She's she shown me what to look for, you know, all that stuff. So there's been times where I go and get tomato, I'll inspect it. And I'll, I'll, stand there for, I'll stand there for at least a solid two or three minutes. I'm inspecting, making sure, looking at all the others, making sure ain't nothing, you know, ain't, ain't nothing alive down in there or anything like that. Ain't nothing found a home because I don't want to come, us, come with us and find a home with us. I don't, we don't need that. So I'm looking and making sure there's no cracks, there's no da-da-da. And sometimes I'll even thump it. I remember Kellen one time, he's like, Daddy, what are you doing? I said, well, God, Daddy wants to make sure that this, this tomato is ripe. And he said, what, what, what does ripe mean? I said, well, ripe means mature. It means that it's in its best state for us to eat. You know, there's, there, in, in walking with Jesus, there's a level of maturity that we're called to walk in. There's a level of, hey, God has saved us. God has freed us. God has delivered us. There is a way that we should carry ourselves. There's a way that we should commune with people. There's a way that we should see ourselves. There's a way that we should treat ourselves. Jesus said the best that we should be loving ourselves as well. Yes, we love our neighbor. Yes, we love God. But also in the midst of those two things, we are to love ourselves as well. And a lot of times we don't love ourselves correctly. A lot of times we are our worst critic. I know I can say that personally, but we are our very own worst critic. Nobody can talk down to you like yourself. Nobody can say, oh, you, nobody can, can tell you that you don't deserve something like yourself. Nobody can bully you like you can. And when we get on that train, the, the accuser of the brethren, a.k.a. Satan, loves to, come and just, loves to come and just ride that train with us and stoke the fire even more to the point that we become so burned down and so beat down. <clears throat> he wants to attack your chance to walk in maturity. He wants to attack your chance of walking in your most ripe state. Amen. You know, we would, we would think it would be strange if a seven-year-old grew up to be a 47-year-old but never matured in his mind or attitude or conversation. You know, if that, we would think that would be strange, you know, for a 47-year-old to be, you know, be in the little playpen at Chick-fil-A. You know, we would think that would be strange for, you know, for an adult. You know, last time I checked, you know, I've never seen an adult go into the little playhouse or anything like that. You know, we would think it was strange. We're like, man, something's something a little off with them, you know. We don't see, you know, we don't see adults trying on little kids' shoes in the kids' shoe department. You know, we don't see little adult, or we don't see adults, you know, do all the different things that kids want to do. Why? Because when you become an adult, there's a level of maturity that you're, you're supposed to be operating in. The same goes for us as Christians. There is a level of spiritual maturity that we should be at, that should be actively happening in your life. Amen. There's a level of maturity that should actively be happening in your life. I love it because when he said, if you don't mind pulling verse 10 back up for me, you're good. <clears throat> he said that we're called to walk in ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing you do. 
every good thing you do. Every good thing you do. Do you know if we have a, uh, I forgot one at the house. The Lord just gave me this object lesson. But do you know if we have a strainer? Like a, you know what I'm talking about? A strainer in the back. Do we have a strainer? Anybody know? What should it be? Does somebody mind to go grab one real quick? A strainer and a cup and then a bottle of water. I'm a, we're going we're gonna to make this verse come alive real quick. Thank you, Randy. You s- <clears throat> but in verse 10, he says, we pray that you will walk in the ways of true righteousness. True righteousness. So true righteousness, we're walking in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing that we do. So every, somebody say every. every. So that means that there should be nothing uh, nothing held back or nothing withheld from allowing God to intervene in your life. So that means that, you know, uh, what, what, what takes place here on Sunday mornings should not be separate from tomorrow at work. What you experience, the presence of the Lord that you experienced this morning, it should not be a separate encounter, a separate moment tomorrow. It should be the same. It should carry on. When you wake up in the morning, your pursuit for the Lord should, should match or even, or, even, uh, or even supersede the pursuit that you had this morning in service. Amen. Our, our prayer life, our digging into the scriptures. This Sunday morning at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. should not be the only time that we are digging into the scriptures. You know, Sunday morning, uh, Sunday morning gathering is not the only time that we should be uh, uh, that we should be gathered and praying and interceding for the community or interceding for people, our loved ones, or interceding for our family or interceding for anybody. Sunday morning should not be the only time that you give God a hundred percent. Amen. Sunday morning should not be the only time we give God a hundred percent. You know, it would be, it would be, you know, it would be horrible for me as a parent to be, you know, one day a week. Okay, I give my kids a hundred percent one day of the week. Well, Lindsay, what about the other six days of the week? Well, well, you know, I, I, I got this and I got that and da, da, da. no. So even on the earthly realm, we would understand to give a hundred percent only one time would not would not benefit anybody. But what happens when we when we serve God and we give God our all, when we give him the 100 percent all seven days of the week? What happens? Paul talks about it this way. He says we walk in the way of true righteousness. And when we're giving God 100 percent and lazy, sometimes it's hard to give God 100 percent. Yes, sometimes it is hard to give God 100 percent. But if you make the space available to do so, he will make up the difference. If you make the, if you take the time, just the five minutes in the morning. Well, Lindsay, I want to give God more than five minutes. Okay, well, you give God more than five minutes. I'm just, I'm just giving you the minimum, just, just five minutes. Or even sometimes, sometimes uh, I know sometimes my schedule gets so busy. I'm like, I only have maybe a minute or two. I'm like, but in that minute or two, I'll say, Lord, I only have this much time. But right now, Lord, I put my phone on airplane mode, and I, Lord, right now, I put, I press into your presence. Lord, I press in, Lord, I, 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 I lay, I bow before your throne, Lord. I, I, I'm coming into your throne seeking grace and mercy, Lord. I, I, Lord, I give you my all, Father God. You are the one thing that I desire, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, that my mind will be stayed on you, Lord. And in, my, in the fact that my mind is stayed on you, I will have perfect peace. Amen. But Paul said in verse 10, he said that in the ways of true righteousness, we please God in every good thing that we do. So every good thing that we do, we please God. Every good thing that we do. So every good thing, you are pleasing God. So when you are given to people, that's pleasing God. When you are, when you are feeding people, 
That is pleasing God. The good things, it says, pleasing God in every good thing. Well, I I just, you know, I, I, I don't know why I did that. I just had the unction to help somebody. That's the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, you know, I I don't know why I just felt like calling somebody and checking on them. That's the Lord. Or last week I I called somebody and said, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but you've been on my heart. So I'm just calling to check on you. Say, how you doing? That's that's the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit. And and she began to open up a little bit and just say, hey, we're going through this. I said, "Okay, well, guess what? We're going to be praying for you. We'll keep you in prayer. We will keep you in prayer. And then go back and check. Hey, look I at DIY, you. Son. Look at you. Come on now. Come on. Somebody, somebody give her a hand. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Randa. I appreciate that. So I love this. We're going to see how well this works. Let's feel like my youth pastor's days real quick. Well, it's because we talked about how there's a level of spiritual maturity that should be actively happening right now in your life. You know how how will our church look different when we when we are when we uh, when we're fo- when we are more gospel centered or when our maturity comes to the right to the to the the full ripeness. You know, fruit maturity. I looked this up, but fruit maturity can only happen when the fruit is connected to the vine. A fruit or vegetable it comes into full maturity as long as it's connected to the vine. Therefore, for that for that tomato. To come into the, the the right type of, you know, the right type of tomato that when you bite it, you're like, mmm. And, I, and I'm trying to and I'm trying to be I'm trying to please those that like tomatoes, cause me, I just catch up and that's it, you know. So like, but you know, if we're talking about a Granny Smith apple, oh snap, oh you got me there on a Granny Smith apple. For that, I remember one time when I was a kid, me and my cousin, me and one of my cousins, we was over at my grandma Rosie's house. She was keeping us that day is during the summer, and uh, we was watching The Price Is Right. And, uh, you know, that's what, you know, that's what you did as a kid. You know, now, you know, the other day, the boys were like, man, we're so bored. There's nothing to watch. I said, like, nothing to watch. When I was a kid, like, we was having to watch The Price is Right. You know, cartoons only came on Saturdays. And then Kelsey's like, how old are you? I said, like, stop. Okay, stop. She said, the way you're talking to him. I said, I'm just saying. You know, we had to watch the game. We had to watch the story. I had to watch the stories with Grandpa. Okay, General Hospital. Why? Because there was nothing else on, like. <laughs> so be grateful, you know, re- watch a little rewinds on Disney Plus and all that. But I remember when I was a kid, this one day, me and my, uh, me and my cousin, uh, we was over at Grandma Rosie's house, and we was watching The Price is Right. She was uh, cleaning, and uh, we was really hungry, but it wasn't lunch yet. And, uh, you know, back then, you know, it was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There wasn't, wasn't no snacks, so you just, you know, I, we, I spoiled my kids. You want a snack? All right, here, go. All right, go in the other room now. Eat it, you know. But uh, I remember we was really hungry, and uh, we uh, we went outside, and uh, you know I just happened to be looking at this tree in front of her house, and I was like, it was Jarvis. I was like, Jarvis, man, those some apples. He said, Snap, they are. I was, I was like, man, I'm really hungry. I was like, you want an apple? He's like, yeah. So we took a couple off, went on the side because we you know we didn't want to go inside and take them. So we went on the side, turned on the little the little holes out there, washing them with the you know nowadays people are like you wash with the hey back in the 90s you did what you could, but you know we washed the apples with the hose. And I remember we took a bite of that. We sat underneath the tree in the shade, just oh, man. I can't remember how many apples we ate to the point that we ended up taking a couple inside and we're sitting there watching the prices right, just eating some apples. Grandma Rosie comes and she's like, hey, where'd you get those apples? 
and Jarvis pointed at me, and I pointed outside at the tree. <laughs> and uh, she said, those apples, are, they, 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 I was still waiting. They still had some more you know, time before I picked them. I was like, well, they taste good. They taste good enough to us. But every fruit and every vegetable, they have their, their perfect moment when they are at their most mature state. Amen? They have their perfect moment. And that only happens as long as they are connected to the vine. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 15, I am the vine and you are the branches. Therefore, for you to walk in maturity, for you to walk in purpose, for you to walk in your calling, for you to be the best version of yourself, you got to be connected to him. He is your vine. He is the one that feeds your soul. He is the one that gives you nutrients. He is the one that helps keep your health mentally at the perfect state. Amen. When we're battling, he's the one that can remind us that we have overcome the world because he has overcome the world. When we are beating ourselves up, he can remind us that we are the beloved of God. When we are going through it, when we are going through sickness, he can remind us that by his stripes we are healed and, in fact, receive this healing as you are connected to me. There's so much that comes from being connected to the vine. Amen? You are connected to the vine, and as long as you are connected to the vine, there is a maturing that is happening in your life. Now, maturing, it's never glamorous. You know, it's a, you, you never walk by, you know, a vineyard, and there's a neon flashing sign that says the grapes are maturing. You never, you never walk by the vineyard and see that. You never go by the garden, and there's a sign up, and the farmer says the seeds and the fruits, they're maturing. And in fact, a lot of times, you know, if, if it's the plants, if it's the vegetables and fruit that's, that's having to be buried underground, a lot of times it just looks like a bunch of broken up dirt. You just see this big space and a bunch of broken up dirt and a fence around it. But the maturing takes place in the realm of the unseen. You know, for that onion to grow, for that onion to become ripe, for that onion to mature, to be the right type of onion needs to be, a lot of that work is done underground. For the right type of potato, you know, you go down to Parsons, you go to Prater's Taters and get those big potatoes, you know. For it to get that, a lot of that happens underground. And the maturing that God wants to do, it's never going to be on the surface level. Why? Because he's a surgeon. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit is a surgeon. He does the intricate work. You know, a surgeon, you know, I remember when I worked at the hospital, I always knew the surgeons because the surgeons wore like a teal color scrub. You know, uh, all the nurses wore like a royal blue scrub. Um, the nurses tech wore dark blue. Um, the lobotomists, they wore black, which I, I, I didn't understand that, but hey, it was what it is what it is. But the surgeons, they had like a teal, like almost bluish green. And I never saw them. I would only see maybe one or two, maybe every other couple of weeks. I never saw the surgeons. And I remember uh, one time I asked, I was like, hey, you know, I know we have surgeons here because, you know, I, I do the paperwork for the surgeries. I, I input the data and stuff like that. I, so I see that there's surgeries happening in this hospital. But how come I never see a plethora of surgeons just walking around? And it's like because surgeons, they, they one, they, they, they hang, surgeons stay with surgeons. It's like, you ever seen, you know, have you ever seen more than one? I was like, well, you know, yeah, take that back. I have seen at least one, uh, at least two or three, but they're always together. Exactly. They, they stay, they stay connected with their own selves. But then also the fact that they're so, uh, they're always doing this intricate work. They are always needed. 
because they're the only ones that could do an intricate work. They are always needed. They're always in the OR. They're always prepping. They're always doing these different things. The Holy Spirit does this intricate work in you, and the devil will love to make you belittle you and make you feel like, oh, here you are just knocking on the doors of heaven again, asking God for this and asking God for that. When guess what? The fact that the Holy Spirit is constantly in your life is a good thing. The fact that the Holy Spirit is constantly moving in your life is a good thing. I'd rather him be constantly moving in my life than never at all. Amen. I'd rather him constantly be transforming you, constantly doing the surgical work on the inside of you than nothing at all. Amen. I mean, we said it before, but David said it best. He said, Lord, whatever it is, you can have everything. Just don't take your spirit away. Why? Because even he knew that the spirit can mature him to the right state. The spirit can mature us to the right state. But understand this, this maturing, it is a lifelong thing. Amen. It is a lifelong thing. That's why Jesus said that I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the vine and you are the branches. So how do we mature in Christ? Galatians chapter 5 verse 25 in the Passion Translation. Here's how we mature in Christ. I was going to when I was writing this out, I was like, Lord, okay, I need five steps. And he said, no, you don't need five steps, just one, just one. Verse 25, Paul says, we must live in the Holy Spirit and follow, him, follow after him. Is there any more to that? No, you're good. Uh, will you pull up in the New Living Translation? I might have put it in the New Living in here. Here we go. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in what? Every part of our lives. That's how we mature in Jesus. That's how we mature in Jesus. When I was like, Lord, how do, how, how, how do, I, how do we, you know, because I'm one of those that I, I'm, I'm not a news reporter, but I love to get the how. I don't want to just know what's going on. I want to know how to change it. And when we're talking about maturing in Jesus, okay, it's great to talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit matures us day after day after day from glory to glory to glory. But how do we mature in Jesus? And Paul says in Galatians 5.25, since we are living by the Spirit, why does that phrase living by the Spirit sound familiar? Because in Acts 17.28, it's in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our existence. Paul says, so since you're already living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading. So there's three parts of this. One, you're living by the Spirit. So if you're living by the Spirit, you can't ignore him. Amen. If you're living by the Spirit, you can't put him on the shelf. If you're living by the Spirit, you know, with, with, my, with my boys, you know, if I go in the kitchen and one's with me, I'm like, well, since you're already in here and daddy's about to get a snack, come on, get a snack. If the Holy Spirit is already accompanying you, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Because let's be honest, there's no space that you can go that he's not in your presence. So when you get ready to leave this, uh, this building and you get in your car, the Holy Spirit's with you. Acknowledge him. Like, hey, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for keeping me safe from all seen and unseen dangers. Come ride with me. Come ride with me, Holy Spirit. Lord, I, Lord you know all that I got to get done this afternoon. So Holy Spirit, come be with me. Come commune with me. Come tell me about myself. Come tell me about the Lord. Tell me, tell me what it is that you want me to do in this world. Tell me what it is you want me to do in this community. Tell me what it is, how I'm supposed to play in my life or how I'm supposed to do all these different things. So that's part one. Part two, let us follow the Spirit's leading. Let him lead. Amen. Amen. You got to allow him to lead you. 
You got to allow him to lead you. Well, Lindsay, well, you know, how do I let him lead me? Okay, well, you say, Lord, or you say, Holy Spirit, lead me, and then you get out the way. You, re- you, refuse the, you refuse the unction to try to take it, put your hands on the wheel. You allow him to lead you. But here's the next part. Holy, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen? Amen. So the Lord was showing me this. I don't know how well this is going to work, but we're going to make it. But imagine, imagine this cup being us. This cup is us. And I promise I'll close with this. But this cup is us. Amen. And this, this strainer. This strainer is the Lord. Amen. This strainer is the Lord. Oh, we're getting our youth pastor days on real good. And I promise I'll clean up the mess. But this water, this water is life. I love it because we said with True North Church, one of the things that we want to do is to help people navigate through the oceans of life in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Because, see, everybody has their own type of ocean. You know, whether it's parenting, Lordy, that's, that's multiple oceans. That's a tsunami. Whether it's singleness, whether it's engagement, whether it's marriage, whether it's, you know, the golden years, whether it's getting up and trying to go to work, trying to hold down your job, that may be the ocean that you're trying to navigate through right now. Whether it's, you know, trying to figure out your purpose in life, that may be the ocean that you're trying to navigate through. Whether it's, whether it's not having enough money, living paycheck to paycheck, that, your financial struggles, that may be the oceans that you're navigating through. And you can be navigating through multiple oceans. But when it comes to the oceans of life and it comes to God, life is always going to happen. In the words of Forrest Gump, life will always happen. Life is going to happen. But watch what happens. Here's the, the walk of the believer is meant to look like this. This is us. This is God. And this is life. And I'm, I'll do it down there that way. But a lot of times when the oceans of life happen, normally, this is what it looks like. It's just, life's just pouring in us. But when we make the decision to put our trust and confidence in Jesus, something happens. What, what beautifully happens is God comes and rests on us. Woo! We should have said that this morning, but he comes and rests on us. Now, a lot of times we would think, like, why does he need to rest on us? Why, why does he need to rest on me? Why does he need to rest on my family? Why does he need to rest on my finances? And here's why he needs to rest on us, because life is still going to happen. And when life happens, because he's resting on us, there's something powerful that happens. As life pours on us, it's first got to be filtered through him. And as it's filtered through him, he'll take out all the impurities. He'll take all out all the imperfections. He'll take out everything that don't deserve to be in our lives. And watch this. G, uh, Paul said that let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part. So that means that Ed, there's, there's no part of our life that should be taken away from being filtered through God. Being filtered through his love, being filtered through his gospel, being filtered through his spirit, being filtered through his grace. Every part of your life needs to be like that as he's resting on us. Every decision that you make, let it be filtered through the word of God. Every decision, every crossroads, we said it Wednesday night, but every problematic area in your life is a place for you to run and pray. 
Lindsay, I don't know what to do in this situation. Okay, then filter it through the word of God. Filter it through Jesus. Say, Lord, this is what's happening right now, Lord. I thank you for you filtering this. Lord, show me how I need to go. Show me what I need to say. Show me what I need to do. Show me how to parent. Show me how to love. Show me how to plan. Show me how to grow my finances. Show me how to be a good steward of my finances. Lord, show me how to grow the church. Lord, show me how to be the type of person that I need to be every area, every space, every day, every life. Lord, show me, show me, show me. Lord, filter my life through your word. Watch this. Filter my life through your cross. Oh, Jesus, Lord, if, if, it, if it was put to death on the cross, then, then let me, allow me to not bring it back up again. Lord, if it was nailed to a cross, if it was already nailed to a cross, Lord, give me the strength to not try to pull it off the cross and, and carry it with me everywhere I go. Give me the strength not to do that, Lord. Lord, if you've placed it to death, if you put it to death, Lord, don't let me write, try to raise it up. Lord, if it's already covered under your blood, Lord, keep me from, keep me in perfect peace and keep my mind in perfect peace to where I'm not trying to try to hash out and relive the same thing every day after day after day. But Lord, let me filter my life. Lord, let me filter my life as you rest on me. Lord, as you rest on me, Lord, Lord, filter how I parent. As you rest on me, Lord, filter how I be a good friend. Lord, as you rest on me, filter how I go and interact at the senior center. As you, as you rest on me, filter how I go and interact at Walmart. As you rest on me, filter how I interact at the factory. As you rest on me, filter how I interact in my car. Filter how I interact at the gas station. Filter how I interact when I'm at home and I invite people over or if I'm on the phone. Lord, filter, filter. Somebody say filter. This is how we mature. This is how we mature. This is how we mature. We allow him to filter the things. And guess what? As he's filtering things, there are going to be things you may see fall off. And you're like, but, 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 guess what? He knows what you need more than you know what you need. And, and what's so great about God, he's not looking at your current state. Yes, he sees your current state. But as he's filtering, he's looking at, hey, for you to get there, I'm looking at you getting there. Not, 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 this, yeah, this is, yeah, we, we're here, but I'm looking at you getting there. I know you was formerly there. I know you was formerly back there. And I know you, all you can see is what was behind you. And therefore, it's affecting your present. But I'm standing in your present, aware of your past. And I've already cleansed you of your past. I'm standing in your present, working on the future. Ah! So when he filters, mm, he's, he's making sure that we got all the things in order for us to get there. And guess what? The list. Oh, the list is so long and so beautiful of all the things that he filters us from. All the things that we don't even know that he's removing. And sometimes it may be painful and then sometimes it's just a little, little pluck. A lot of times the reason it's painful is because we've placed our trust and hope and confidence in those things or those people. And the moment that they upset us, the moment that they offend us, or the moment that they show their true colors, and we're like, you ain't who I thought you was. I'm leaning back on Jesus. Well, we should have we should have never stopped leaning on Jesus. But a lot of times when, when, it, when it feels painful as he's filtering, trust and know that it, it, it may be discomforting now, but it's only temporary. 
that's only temporary. The maturing that he does in us, amen? The maturing that he does in us, the work that he does to bring us to the right state, the most right state, the perfect state. All of your life should be filtered through Jesus. All of your life should be filtered through Jesus. All of your life should be filtered through Jesus. All of your life, amen? All of your life. Let me read verse 25 in the mirror translation, and then I promise we're done. Paul says, because faith defines us and not our flesh. Did you hear that? Your faith defines you. Your faith says who you are, not your flesh, not your insecurities, not your past, not what you can bring to the table. He says, we take our lead from the Spirit in our daily conduct. In our daily conduct, we are taking our lead from the Spirit. When you wake up tomorrow, Holy Spirit, how's this Monday need to go? Holy Spirit, how does this Tuesday need to go? Lord, show me, Holy Spirit, how does this Wednesday need to go? If you're able to multitask and plan ahead, Holy Spirit, show me how the, the, the first three days of this week, or show me how this week is, is supposed to go. Well, what, what part do I play in it? What part do you want me to play in it? Do you want me to sit out and let you do what you do? Well, Lord, show me, what, what do I need to do? We take our lead from the Holy Spirit. Then he says this, he says, there is an authority in your step. We are marching in rank like soldiers. The Christ life is the dominant authority in the universe. There is an authority in your step. Every step that you take, it has weight to it. Why? Because his blood was shed on a cross. The most heaviest moment that's ever happened. And then the Bible says that the same spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you the same spirit that raised God from the dead lives in you every step that you take has weight to it every step that you take is not meant to be accidental but it's meant to be intentional one of the most powerful quotes I heard years ago was don't live accidental live intentional don't live accidental live intentional somebody say don't live accidental live intentional so therefore, every step I take, every decision I take, it's going to be intentional. It's going to be on purpose. Lindsay, how do I, how do I make on purpose steps? You say every decision, you say, okay, Holy Spirit, lead me in this. I'm not saying you got to ask the Holy Spirit on, on, to, to, on, you know, okay, Holy Spirit, what color socks do I need to wear? No, I ain't saying you got to do that. But we know the things that, that, that bring us to that point of problematic areas in our life. We know that thing that, that makes our heart wrestle. We know that thing that makes our blood pressure kind of spike. We know that thing that makes us worry or stress. That thing right there. Holy Spirit, and, and lay it all out before him. Because see, a surgeon in the natural realm, a surgeon will read the whole chart. They'll study it. They'll study it, and, and, if, there's, and if, uh, if, the, if there's other doctors mentioned in the chart, then they will call up that. They'll have their assistant call up the doctor, and they'll get to know the backstory of that patient before they do the intricate work. Why? Because they want to know the whole thing. They want, to, they want it all laid out there before they do the surgery. Lay it all out before God. Lindsay, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to tell him. No, lay it all out there. He can never heal who you pretend to be. 
He can never restore who we pretend to be. He can never deliver who we pretend to be. But if we lay it all out there, if we lay it all, Lord, this is, Lord, I, this is what I'm going through. Lord, this is, this is what is expected at my job. Lord, this is what's good. This is, this has always been the vibe at, at this place. So, Lord, when I see this person, this is what I feel because they feel this. Lord, lay it all out there, church. Lay it all out there. Lay it all out there. Why? Because all of your life has got to be filtered through Jesus. He's resting on us. I don't know why I didn't think about throwing that in the midst, but he's resting on us. And if he's resting on us, why not let him filter? Woo! Why not let him filter, amen? Thank you for listening to the True North Church podcast. If you're not already following us on social, check out our website at truenorth731.com to find direct links to our pages. Also, if you would like to contribute to the work we are trying to do, you can click the safe and secure giving link and follow the prompts. Thank you for helping us build and strengthen our community. Until next time, have a great day.